Okay, Mishnah Dafyu Test. Let's get into the actual writing of the get. Says the Mishnah, the Chol Koisvus. Now, a get is not really a din like a Sefer or a Tefillin or Mezuzus that has to be written with all the halachas exactly how, exa- how it should be. Although we'll see through the sugya that there are many, many, many similarities between the halachas of a get and the halacha of Sefer Tefillin, Mezuzus, etc. So let's go through. So first of all, what do you write with? What type of ink? So the mission lists a number of different types of ink. Tomorrow we'll explain somewhat what they are. They are dioi, sam, sikra, kumus, kankantum. Anything which has some sort of permanence. Okay, so anything which has permanence, that is what you can, you can use. We'll discuss two points we have to bring up with the Gemara is there's actually three ways you could write something on, on something that you're writing on. First of all, is what you're writing on. Right? You could be writing on paper like we have. You could be writing on cloth, obviously, which is what they used to use in the old days or paperous, whatever they used to call it. Also, if it's not cloth, more like paper like we have. Or you could scratch onto anything. Right? You could scratch onto a piece of wood. You could scratch onto a piece of metal. We'll talk about that as well. So that's in terms of what you're writing on. And then in terms of the writing itself, as we'll see in the Tomorrow, scratching seems to be okay, so you actually have no ink whatsoever, but you have a tsura of the letters, that might be okay too. Here we seem to be discussing, according to Rashi, specifically ink. And there's a fundamental difference between ink and, let's say, a pencil, okay? When you're writing with a pencil, or when you're or like a crayon, or anything of that nature, so a pencil or a crayon does not really get absorbed into the paper that you're writing on, or the cloth that you're writing on. It's sitting on top of it. And that's why it's erasable, because you can just use a, a rubber, and you can erase the pencil, or you can scratch off the crayon, the wax from the crayon, and that's just not absorbed in at all. The difference between ink... Ink, by definition, is absorbed into the paper that you're writing on or whatever it is that you're writing on. And therefore, it becomes more permanent. Okay, as we'll discuss in the Gemara, uh, if you saw in the video, if I saw that the video, people see the video, there's actually three components to ink. Okay, there's obviously the color. You can have a black ink, red ink, brown ink, yellow ink, different colors of ink. Besides the color of the ink, you need something to hold that color, some sort of liquid, usually water. Okay, but water itself is not good. If you have colored water, you try to put it on a piece of paper, nothing's going to happen. Either it'll just roll off the paper, or it'll just absorb in, and you'll end up with nothing or just a splotch. It won't end up drawing anything. So you need some sort of base. Okay, that base is usually made out of in the olden days out of something called gall. Okay, gall of these little. If you saw in the video, these little balls that are actually grow as part of a tree. They're actually grown to cover up. Uh, eggs of bees or different type of bugs that grow on uh, that plant on the tree. And these things grow it over. Um, and in there is something called tannic acid. I don't really know all the science behind it. But the tannic acid, when you mix it with water, and especially if you mix it with iron, so it be- and sometimes they put gum in it, like from sap of a tree, it becomes A, thick, but more importantly, it absorbs the color and the water and then sticks chemically to the paper. So therefore it gets absorbed into the paper and that's what makes it have a sort of permanence. What do you call them? Galls, G-A-L-L, or G-A-L-L-S for plural, Galls. Okay? Um, it's not something used nowadays, but it's something they used up till a few hundred years ago. This is for thousands of years. That's how they made it. How they knew how to use those things, I haven't the foggiest idea who discovered this and made sure that it works, but this is how, this is how the process is. So we'll discuss these various types of inks, but I'm just pointing out the difference between ink and between non-ink type of writing. And our mission, at least according to Rashi, is focusing on ink. If you just have a regular liquid of a fruit juice, so even though orange juice is colored, 
it's just not going to be a proper ink. It's not going to stick properly. It's not going to make anything, and therefore it's no good. Not but anything else which does not have any sort of permanence. So that's what you're writing with. What are you writing on? When you can write on anything which absorbs that ink, is fine. doesn't matter. You can even write it on a leaf. Now we're talking here, as Rashi explains, we'll see right away in the Mishnah, a leaf that was already picked off the tree. So if the leaf was already picked off a tree, you can write it on that. Alosh Shazai seems to be very small. If you have, obviously, Alosh Shazai is tidy. I don't know how you fit a get onto an Alosh Shazai. I'm not sure. Um, maybe you have a bunch of them together and you tie them together. But either way, uh, the point of Argomar is going to see that it's very, it's very inexpensive and still it's fine. Vialkarin Shalpara. Now if you want to write it on, according to this time, on a live animal, if you want to write it on the horn, uh, on the on the on the parchment or cloth or the skin leather of a live animal, you won't be able to write. It has like hair on it and stuff. You won't be able to. But if you want to write it onto a horn, you could. But sapara, you're not allowed to then cut off the horn and give her the horn because we already discussed. If you write it on something that's mechubal karka, then you cut it off. That's a chesaron in of a nasan. It has to be nothing separating between the writing and the giving. So therefore, that's also by the leaf case. The leaf has to be when you picked it first and then you wrote it. Then it's going to be fine. Here also, if you wrote it on the horn, you have to give her the entire animal. If you want to write it on an Evid, we'll discuss tomorrow how you write on an Evid, some sort of tattoo of some sort, and you write it on the Evid and give her the entire Evid as a present, that would work as well. Basically, he argues on those points. Basically, you cannot write it on anything which is alive. You can't write it on anything that is a food. Why? We're going to learn out from Pesukim and Yosef. We'll argue tomorrow. The Evid's not alive? No, that's why Bessie argues. He argues oh, on yeah. the evidence. Okay. He's arguing on the evidence. So, but what are all these different inks? So, Dioi is Diusta, which Tyson says is that's the ink we use nowadays. Now, the question always a lot of these inks is threefold. It is what is the base that they're using? It is made out of these galls, which in the Gemara's terms is called afitzan. When you see the word afitzan in the Gemara, that's what these galls are made out of. There's other types of things they could use. And then the question is where the color comes from. Okay, so the color could come from the natural color of the gall, which, as you saw in the video, is not very dark. It's kind of light. You can add some sort of iron base to it, which gives it a little brown color. But when it actually dries... If you looked at it, it's like brown blue, but when it dries, it actually gets very black or yeah. different color because it's oxidizing. It's actually rusting. The iron is rusting, and that's what gives it the darker color. Um, or they use different types of natural pigments. As we'll see in the Gemara, they use uh, the skin of a rimo, which is red, right? So that gives it a, a sort of reddish color. Or they use uh, soot. So you, you light a fire, and they put glass on top of it, and they catch that black soot on the glass, and they scrape that into the ink. That's another way you can make black ink. So, duyo is dustio, which is that very dark black ink. Sam is called samba. Okay, as Rashi says, Rashi says it's some French word, which seems to translate as some sort of yellow or beige sort of color. Sikra, Amarabah Barchana, Sikra Shema. So this is a very important one we'll see in the Gemara. This is a red colored ink. So if you have a red colored ink, that would also be fine. Kumus is Kuma, so Rashi is that srafa ilan, that's when you're putting into it some sort of sap from the tree, which would probably give it some sort of brownish color. And kankantum, what is kankantum? Amar Rabbah Barachana, Amar Shmuel, charta duushpichi. So this is what we call charta duushpichi, which is also some sort of black. It's not really clear what this black comes from, whether it comes from soot or, or smoke or something like that, but it's some sort of, again, dark black. So those are the items that we listen to the Mishnah. The point of the Mishnah is that it doesn't make a difference what color you use. Any color is good. Then it says, So now that obviously is seem to be adding something else on. What else is included in Kavla Shemuskayim? So the Tanya Rebchia, Kosmo Meitariyav Aftza Kosher. 
there seems to be a, Rashi brings two uh, two explanations of this line, which seems to me uh, seems to be other Mefarshim explain also that it's a debate in Rashi exactly whether these are two things or one thing. Okay, so if you noticed in the video, he specifically took a glass and got rainwater. Okay, why rainwater? Because rainwater has acid in it. Okay, tap water or water you get from the ground does not have acid. The acid is already gone out of it into the ground as nutrients. But rainwater actually has acid in it, and therefore it makes it much more. It's much better to stick to the parchment. But it seems to be a contradiction they explain because on one hand they use these acid-based inks because it sticks better. The acid though ruins the parchment over time. Okay, so that's why a lot of those parchments just disappear over time because the acid actually eats away at it. So here we, the question is, is this matria, is this rainwater, comma? Now, rainwater by itself obviously has no color. So it has to be like rainwater that was on a rooftop or something like that and got really dark. And afotza is those galls. So that's actually the liquid used from the galls. That's kosher. So that's one pshat that they're two separate things. Or another pshat that actually says it's actually one thing. It's rainwater with the galls in it, which is like you saw in the video, and that would also make the same type of color. So there says of Chia, those are kosher, and that's what is being asuya in the Mishnah. Those things have a very light color, but as long as you could see it, that's good enough. If you write it with lead, or nowadays we wouldn't use lead, we use like graphite, like in a pencil. Different types of black. Rashi says shachar is from coals. Shichar is the tchartah de ushpechi. So all those things are going to be kosher. Now it sounds like at this stage in the Gemara that we're talking about writing these things like a pencil. Like you take a piece of lead or a piece of graphite or a piece of coal and you write with it. And that's what it sounds like. But if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, so you're actually taking this piece of lead and putting it in water. Rashi stresses, and we'll see it again in a few minutes, Rashi stresses we have to be talking about an ink. According to Rashi, if it's not an ink that gets absorbed, it doesn't count. If you're just scr- writing it on top of the paper, like what a pencil type of activity, that would not be considered permanent, would not be good. Itmar. So now let's switch to Hilchah Shabbos, because some of these halachas, today and tomorrow's daf, that are relevant for writing a get, are also similar to the halachas of ksiva on Shabbos. So you have to have a permanent ksiva. So Itmar, what about the following Shabbos? So you have something that was written in Sikra. Sikra, you just said, is red ink, which is obviously a lower quality of permanence, lower quality, not permanence, but it's not, not as dark. And you write over it with black ink. So if you do that, you actually, if you did it B'Shaygig, two carbon chatas. You've now written black on the red. The black is a darker ink, so it makes a more darker writing, so it is considered a writing. You're also erasing whatever is written in red. And that's really meichik amanas lichtoiv. That's the whole idea of, of mechika on Shabbos, is you have to erase, not just to erase, because if you just erase stam, Rashi says, that's mechalkel. Right? That's destroying things. You're not chayv on Shabbos. That's melechas machshevis, something that's, that's building, something that's doing something productive. But here you're erasing the red to write the black. Now, you actually never erase the red. You, you never erase the red. But, the, but putting black on red, which is covering over the red, is considered mechika. That's the Kiddush of that Gemara. However, says the Gemara, if you have something that was already written in black, and you just write over it in black, or it was already written in red, and you write over it in red, you haven't done anything. You haven't done meichik, you haven't done kaisa, neither. However, here's the interesting one. What if it was black, and now you put red on top of it? Okay, so now you cannot see the black anymore, really, but the red is a lower quality writing than the black. So, Amri Lachayv, Amri Lachayv, Amri Lachayv, 
it is meichik. You have erased it. You've erased the black. You're not chayev for ksiva, because there's no question that red is inferior to the black. So you're not chayev for writing the red, but you did on some level erase the black. Now, Taisus asked, well, that's nice that you erased it, but you only chayev for meichik amenas lichtoiv. So here you didn't. You don't seem to be writing anything later. So Tais says it must be at the bottom. Tais says the chashav leimoichek amanas lichtayv the mestama oimid lachsev lichtayv lo bidiyoy mestam. If you put the red on top of the black, your intention is just to cover over the black and later on write something more black on top of the red with different letters or whatever you want to write. And therefore mestam you have a moichek amanas lichtayv. So that's the first shita is that you are chayv at least for moichek. Amri la potter. But other people say that you're not even chay from moichek. Mikalkal who? This is mikalkal because Tairashi says it's kimoichek amanash shaloy lichtoy. You haven't done anything. Putting red on black is not a proper ksiva. By definition, if it's not a proper ksiva, that's also not considered a mechika. Okay, so therefore you can debate exactly how this works when you put red on top of black. Now, what does it have to do with our As follows. We talked about this earlier in the Masech, we brought this case. What if you have an aide, who at least for a Gittin we'll see, who doesn't know how to sign properly his name, he's not, not literate, so he doesn't, want, he doesn't know how to sign his name, how can we help him sign his name? So what, we have a trick now. What is? Can you write a signature in red? And tell him now to take the black ink and write over the red in black. Just like by Shabbos, we said black on red is considered ksiva. So maybe for Hilchas Chasima on a star, just because Bezdin writes it in red, like a, a, even though they write the full letters, but now the aide comes and overwrites that with black. That should be good. Ksav Elyon, Ksav or Ksav. Is that count? Does it, or do we say that no, that since there already was a writing there, what they did on top is not considered a Chasima? So Amalei and Aksav, that's not considered Aksav at all. So what I mean? Amalei, Valei, Matanah, Rabbeinu, Aksav, Valei, Aksav, Valei, Yid Shabbos, you just said that for Shabbos you're going to be Chayiv, Moichik, and Kaisiv, maybe it's Moichik. We said when you, put the, when you put the black on the red though, you're for sure Chayiv. So Amalei, Yivichim, Yipnei, Sha'anu, Midamen, because we think this halacha, Nase, Maisa, we're not Paschim in this Hilcha Shabbos Lekula, we're Paschim in this Hilcha Shabbos Lechumra. Which Rashi says means that when we said before your chayiv shtayim does not really mean chayiv shtayim. Normally chayiv shtayim means that if you did this, but should be chayiv two korban, and you did it b'shaygik, you'd be chayiv two korbanos. Says more, no, no, no. We did not really mean you're going to be chayiv two korbanos because we're not a hundred percent confident in our psak that black on red is actually considered kaisiv v'moichik. It's not clear, because there is something written there already. So maybe you're not really doing anything. Therefore, Usr on Shabbos, in terms of Isra Hetter, of course, we're going to tell you not to do it. Will we tell you to bring a carbon in the base of Mikdash? Absolutely not. Because who knows if you're actually really chayv v'karmichatos. And therefore, in terms of using it as a signature for a get, that would also not be something we would encourage, because we're not going to be clear if this is considered a proper signature or not. So let's get into that, sir. Itmar. If they don't know how to write, to sign their signatures. So Rav Amar, this is a sheet that we brought before. According to Rashi, what this means is, you actually scrape out their names on the paper. And then they fill it up with ink. Taisus is bothered by it. I just said to you, we'll see the Gemara tomorrow, that a signature that is just scraped into paper counts. 
So then, what does this work? We just said if there's an existing signature there, you cannot write over it. That doesn't count. So how does this work according to Rashi? So most Mepharshim say that in this situation, they're not filling in the entire signature. They're just scratching like an outline of it. And then the Adam are still filling in the ink. That, according to Rashi, would count. Tysus learns this Mekayla and Yerachalak mm-hmm. a little bit differently. Tysus says you're actually scratching it out on a different piece of paper. And then it's like tracing paper, and then you leave it over, over, under the paper that you're writing on, and then the Adam can see where to write on the on the star itself, but you're not actually writing it on the star. Shmuel Amar beaver. Yeah, they copy. You could put a light paper like over, under it or over it, depending on which star you have, and then write it that way. Shmuel Amar beaver. Shmuel says no. You don't scratch anything. Rather, what you do is the Bezdin writes the, 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 the name with Aver, with it's like a black graphite or lead, and then the Adam come with ink and write over it. How could you do that? Rebchia said that using this Aver, this lead, already counts as a signature. So if it already counts, how can they write over it? So like Kashan, here's the point I mentioned before in Rashi, so the Rashi learns this is, Avra itself does not count. If you write with graphite, you write with lead, and you're just like a, like a pencil or crayon, that does not count. May Avra is the opposite. May Avra is when you soak in water, you get like a black sort of ink, and then you write, that does count. So when it says over here, according to Shmuel, you take a pencil, they write in pencil the Adam's name, and then they come with ink and write it over it. Adam Farshim learned the opposite. Adam Farshim learned that May Avra itself, pencil, or anything permanent, relatively permanent, would count. When it says over here, it does not work, it means the may avra doesn't count because it's liquidy, it's watered down, and it, you won't see it and it'll just pass, and it'll just fl- flow off the paper. So either way, but Rashi clearly seems to say that pencil or something like that would not count. Rav says, I have another solution for how to write this. The may milan, you take this may milan, may milan is the liquid with just the galls in it. So it's like we saw in the thing, it's very light color. So you write it with that, and then the Adam sign over it with black ink, and that solves your problem. He said this which is this is itself a signature. Once it's a signature, then you can't have the Adam signed over that signature. It's Ksava, Ksava doesn't necessarily work. So I'm like, Kasha, the Afetz, or the Loi Afetz. There's another point, maybe you saw in the video, which is that when you take cloth, the leather, the parchment, so, and we'll see it in the Gemara later on, they, one of the things they used to do to make sure that nobody erased anything, you know, theoretically, if you ever see like a cipher, right, cipher terror, if it makes a mistake, you could scrape off the letter and just go ahead. So the truth is, the ink of a cipher is not really absorbed in very well, okay? And you can actually scrape it off. So they used to prepare, what? They can use it, so the, 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 the parchment itself is prepared in a certain way to make that happen. And the parchment is prepared by actually putting this, this afitz on this gall water, obviously a very light version of it, they soak the parchment in it or paint the parchment in it, and that makes it that when you erase, you could see that something was erased. But I say, it's fine. But in a star, you have to be careful. Someone writes in a star, in those days, all their stars are written on cloth, and you can write, you owe me $100, then he erases the 100 and puts 200, and you can't see what's what. So if you make it with a on, on it, if you cover the parchment with this stuff, it makes it any yachalus diet, that you can no longer forge a fake document. Oh, so if you did that, then she'en me'milan al-gabe me'milan. So if you took this parchment and you covered it with this type of liquid, then you cannot take ink made out of the same base liquid without any other color right on it. Because I can see anything, obviously. Obviously, if you take part, remember, we're a little spoiled nowadays, right? Our paper is very, very white. Right? The paper we use nowadays is bleached. 
Okay, it's very white. Naturally, paper is never that white. And for sure, parchment is never that white. Okay, so if you take parchment, which is obviously off color to begin with, and you put this mayafitzon on it, and now you try to write with that very light mayafitzon, you're not going to have anything there. So therefore, that's what Ravo is saying. When Ravo says you can sign this Adam signatures with mayafitzon, means if it was already mayafitzon paper, so when you sign with the mayafitzon, you're not really doing anything. It's enough that they can see where to sign, but there's not really a permanent, any sort of permanent signature. Then the Adam can come afterwards and write on black. But if the parchment was white, and then the, then the Bezdin wrote with the mayafitzon, that would already be considered a signature, and then the Adam cannot sign on top of that. And that's Ravo's solution. Rav Papa, I'm a Baroik. If Papa said you can't use lit water, water's too water's too too uh, viscous over there; it just flows right off. But you could use spit, and you could spit, and I don't know if you just spit onto the paper. That'd be hard to spit a signature, right? But I guess you just spit into a cup, and then you scratch it out over there with that, and then the aid, and that is for sure not can be considered any sort of pro- proper signature. And then the Adam could sign over that spit with proper black ink, and that would solve the problem. The chain earlier of Papa is an interesting one. If Papa passed in this way, the Papa Tura'a. There's a person named Papa Tura'a who's friends with the Papa. Don't get confused. Tura'a, Rashi says, means he was a safsa shashram. Either he sold animals or he was an animal driver, which means in the Gemara's terms, he was illiterate and he could not sign his own name. So if Papa said to him, no problem, I'll spit and you spit to write your name, and then you could sign over that. Says, All of these coolers of having Adam sign over existing signatures is only a kula by Gitim Mishum Iguna. We're afraid that if the, we finally got the husband to give a get, and now we're not going to have Adam who could sign, we're going to get in trouble that he's going to leave and never want to give the get. So Mishum Iguna, we're makel to have you sign this way. But any other stars, we do not allow you to use illiterate Adam. Adam has to be able to sign on their own. We'll see more in this second. Who David of the Bashashtars? There was a Bezdin that even by a Shashtars, by a regular star, they allowed the Adam to write over existing signature like we had. The Nagdi of Khan of Khan put them in Khayyam or he gave them, gave them uh, Malchus, and therefore uh, he said this was not the proper Psakaloch. Tanik of us in the Rav. Here, Bryce, it seems like, say, like Rav, the first Shita, that according to Rashi, you scrape it. The Bryce says, Adam Shaini Yodim Lachtem, if they don't know how to sign. Like Rav said, you scratch out their names or scratch out some part of their names on the on the on the clean paper. And then you fill it up with ink. This is the part of the Bryce we quoted earlier in the Masechet. Like we just said, that's only by a get which even though earlier in the second we did talk about Shechayavadim being some sort of level of Iguna, but clearly not on the level of Iguna of an Isha, and therefore not always do we apply the same Alacham. If they didn't know how to read, then fine. If they're not how to read and to sign, fine. If not, not. Before we get into the details over here, where did reading come in? We were only discussing could the Adam know how to sign their names. All of a sudden, Shingam Leo throws into the question of them reading the Shtar. Where did that come from? There's a piece missing here. This is what the Tanakama should have said. Tanakama said, Adam If they don't know how to read the contents of the Shtar, so Karen so you can have somebody else read it to them. We'll see in the Gemara right away details. V'chaisman, and then they sign. So if they know how to sign, but they don't know how to read, so that's, that's understandable. Someone else reads it to them, then they sign it. V'sheni yadam lachtim, if they don't know how to even sign, so then the Tanakhama says, you can scratch the paper and read all the other sheets as well. And on that, that you can read for them and 
prepare the signature is begitay noshim because of iguna. On both points, that that which you're makel, that they, someone else can read it to them, and someone else can help them sign, that's only by get isha. By shar shtaris, they have to be able to read the star and they have to be able to sign it on their own. All this is a special kula. That's mashul Tanakama argues in what we said. Tanakama holds this works by all stars. So only Shingam Leo is saying this only works by Get Isha. I'm a rabbi. How do we paskin? I'm a rav. I'm sorry. Halacha Shingam Leo that this only works by Get Isha. If Gamda Mishmei the Rav Amar ain't halacha. No, we do not paskin Shingam Leo. So what does that mean? What Elab Keman Kirabanan? So it means we pass like to Rabanan that it works that you can read for them and you could sign for help them sign even by Shash Stars. What do you mean? We just said Amud Beis on Amud Aleph the last line. Vahu David Uvdei B'Shash Stars for Nagdev Kana. Kana said no. So you see, we don't pass like Shingam Leo. It depends what aspect. Remember, Shingam Leo said two halachas. If they don't know how to read, and if they don't know how to sign. So we paskin like Shingam Leo if they don't know how to read. Not reading is not so bad. Someone else can read for you. But if they don't know how to sign, that's much worse. And then we're only going to paskin like that by a get, because of Iguna, but by Shar Shtaris, we do not let them sign unless they know how to sign themselves. And we see now the details. Yehuda, Mitztar Kari V'chasim. Yehuda actually says was very old. And he was, had a difficult time reading. He couldn't see so well. So he couldn't read. But whenever he was an aide on a star, he was very mocked to read it himself. And therefore he made the extra effort to read it himself. And then he would sign. Amalei said, Rabbi, what are you doing? Let's read this. You don't have to read it yourself. He was the Paisik in all that cell. Kari Kamei V'chasim. They would read it in front of him. You'd have net people who obviously trustworthy. We'll see right away. And if they were trustworthy, people read in front of him. He would be saimich on what they read, and then he would sign. Rav Nachman also it's kari kamei safri daini. Rav Nachman they would read in front of him these these dayanim over there with the seifrim v'chosim. However, says you have to be careful who's doing the reading and who's doing the listening. Why? V'davka Rav Nachman v'safri daini. The islu imaser. Rav Nachman was appointed by the Reish Galusa. Therefore, he had an official governmental position, and nobody would start up with Rav Nachman. And therefore, when a cipher is reading in front of Rav Nachman, A, the cipher is trustworthy that he knows how to read. But more importantly, we trust that he's not going to lie and make up something in the shtar that's not really there when he's reading it out loud because he's terrified of Rav Nachman because Rav Nachman has the whole kayak of the Reish Galusa behind him. So it's dafka if you have Rav Nachman and the Safra Dead, the Yisrael Masa. Of Rav Nachman and Safra Echwina, if you have Rav Nachman and some other guy who either doesn't know who Rav Nachman is or he's not so professional, Lav Dafka is going to be afraid of Rav Nachman. Or Safra Dedani Vinish Achrin, if you have these, these professional cipher, but it's not Rav Nachman, who has the Koyach of the government behind him, the Lav Dafka, can you trust them? So even though we just said you could trust the cipher, it has to be in a situation where you can't trust them. If you, let, if you think that maybe they're lying, they're going to tell you something that's in the Shtar, it's not in it, and then you sign, and you're signing on the wrong thing, that's not acceptable. Rav Papa, Kavi Asla, Kamei Shtar Parsoi. So what happens if you get a Shtar that's in a different language? So it's not a question of reading it. You don't even understand what it says. So you had over here a star parsa, a star that was written in Persian. And in this situation, we'll see in a second, the Ovid Be'er Kois, or some Gemara's have Kusim, some have Goyim, whatever censored version you have over here. So it was done in a Goyish court. So this is a professional document, done in a professional court. We talked earlier in the Masechta that by 
non-gite noshim, right? It's by shtar maton or shtar mecher, goyish's signatures can be good. We said a goyish's signature is kosher, but we said you can only collect from bnei chayri. You can only collect from it if uh, out, not from karka that's meshubit. In this gemara, we'll see it's different. It was made in the court system. It wasn't just a stam shtar. It was actually made in the court system. So you have the problem. The problem is we don't trust the goy. So if you don't trust a guy, how do you get a guy to read it to you in a language you don't understand? So we have a halacha called Masiach Lefi Tumai. Masiach Lefi Tumai says that a guy might lie to you if he knows that you're relying on him. But if you're just having a conversation with a guy and he tells you some information and he doesn't realize that it's important to you, there's no reason for him to lie in that situation. So here what they did is they got two goyim that they read the star to so nobody would hear that the other one was saying the same thing. He had just a general conversation. Hey, can you help me out? Read the document, whatever it is, however he did that. Whatever counts as Masiach Lefitumai. And then he verified it was in the document. And here, this is even a better Shtarash, she says, because since this was done in court, then it does have a call, and you could even use it to collect from a Shubadim. So even though it was Goyim signed on it, you could collect from a Shubadim if it was done in Bezdin. If you have a star written in Persian, but here the signatures are Jewish signatures, then even if it's done not in court, since it's Jewish signatories, then you can collect Meshubadim because it has a curl. How do Jewish people sign on a star? They can't read Persian. You know what they do know. We still have a problem. We said one of the things you have to have a shtar by shtar matana, shtar mecher, it has to be prepared in a way that you can't erase anything. Persians don't necessarily do that. And you don't have that. But not feet. So no, we're talking about a case where the parchment was was prepared appropriately that you cannot erase on it. Another lock we have in Shtar Matana is that you have to write the Shtar, Ruben borrowed money from Shimon, blah, 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 blah. And the last line, you write like a Sikum, a summary in the last line again to make sure that nobody changed anything in the Shtar. And the Gaim don't do that. No, whatever they did it. So, the, I mean, it was prepared by Goyim. It was written in Persian, but Lamaise kept all the basic structure of a Jewish star, and therefore it's fine. What's the Kiddush? Who cares? The only Kiddush is that it's not written in Lashon Kiddush, it's written in Persian. Tanina, that we learned. The Mishnah says, If you have any star that's written in Hebrew, and the signatures are in Greek, or Yavanis, if the get is written in Greek, is kosher. You see, it's totally kosher. So what's the Kiddush? If we just have that Mishnah, that's again a Kula by Gedisha. Of a Bashar stars, we shouldn't be Mekel, we should be Makbid, we should be a Lashon Kiddush, so we could be sure what's written on it. No, as long as we have a basic idea, someone, someone that we trust, another Jew or a guy tells us what's written, it's going to be a Kasha star and it's fine. Correct. This is just another point of the exact same point. <coughs> but the, that one wasn't a brisa. That was a story. This was a mishnah. The question is, what's the chiddush of this of this ba'mira if it's based on a mishnah? Before it was just another story. So you're right. L'chayr. Amar Shmuel. Here we got a wild case. Nasanlar niyar chalak. If a man goes to his wife and he hands her a get, and uh, she says, and he says, I'm giving you a get. Okay. V'amala hareza gitcha. And then we take a look at the get an hour later, and it's a blank piece of paper. Okay, this guy's a lunatic, right? What does he mean? He said, I raised a gitech, and he gave her a blank piece of paper. It says Shmuel Migureshes. Migureshes means, not Suffolk at this stage in the Havmina, Migureshes Vadai. 
Chashinon Shemer Milan Kasru. Because we talked about, you could write a star with this May Milan, which is very, very light type of ink, and maybe it was there. Now, now it says Chashinon, but in the Havamina we think it works. As Tyson explains, why would a husband say this to his wife? And a husband has them on us. And therefore, since he could divorce her anytime he wants, if he says, we assume it was actually a kosher star. Oh, where's the ink? It was there. And now it dried up and it's gone. Says so, my we have another price. The price is He gives her a get, and she's so angry, she throws it into the water. Or she throws it into a fire. Or the Khaldavarabad, whatever it is, she destroys it. Okay, so the Maisa, he said it was a get, that's good. The Khazaviyama, and then afterwards he changes his mind. And he says, Star Pasamu, Star Manu. It wasn't really a get. It was some Samoto Star, Star Pasamu, Star Manu are stars that you write. Before you owe the money to someone, you write a star. Or sometimes people used to write stars to make people look rich. That, oh, I owe him a million dollars, so it looks like he has the money. Whatever those cases, but he says it wasn't a get isha. Said so the Mishnah Bryce says, Mugureshes. Too bad. He can't say you're now an Eishish. Because once he said, nobody would say that unless it actually was a star. Now, time of the Ikaksav. Only it's Masha. You know, so the Bryce who wanted to tell you the bigger Kiddish. It should have said a case where it was a blank document. It didn't say a blank document. It said a document that we saw there was something written on it, just we couldn't see what was written on it until she burned it. Okay. So, time of the Kaksav. Holak Kaksav loy. Mashma, if it was blank, it would not be good. And Shmuel's Mashma, even if it's blank, it's good. Why didn't the prices in that case? It's Mashma, blank is no good. Says the Monarch. We're talking about a case, in Shmuel's case, and a Hanami, if it was blank, blank. No good. But if it was blank and you checked it by pouring this sort of liquid on it. You remember when we were kids, we used to write with like invisible ink and then you used to pour something on it. You could see the ink or you iron it or UV light or whatever it is. So you could put some ink on it and then it would catch, I guess, where it was written. And you could see there was something actually written there. Ipalit, palit. If it, now all of a sudden you can see the letters, it works. Relay, palit, love, klumu. So what if now you could see it? Hashtu, the palit. If when he gave it to her, you could not see anything on this piece of paper. Then it's not a kosher get. Later on, you pour some ink on it, and then you could see whether it was written fine. So now it's a kosher get. If he wants to give it now, fine. But when he gave it, it was blank. So what does this help us? So the you're right. Shmuel nami chashin on gomer. Now the word's changing. Shmuel only meant it's a chashash that may be from a distance. Taisva says when we looked at it, it looked blank. Maybe if we looked really clearly, we would see the meyafitz and we would see the light outline or, or discoloration of the actual letters. From a distance, it was blank. When we get closer, it's not. So we don't know. So mitam safek. And now the mafarshim say if you go ahead and pour the ink on it and test it and it's totally blank then it's totally blank there's nothing to discuss then it's for sure not a get but if you don't test it you don't know what's what or if you test it and you find letters but you weren't sure what was there at the time or not that's when it's going to be a suffix and we're going to say suffix migoresha she's also to a kain etc amarvina amali amemer hachememer amemer mishmeid the dimi hani beitred yav gita kamayu okay so whenever you give a get in front of two edim tzorich lamikre lechat chila the Adam should read the star, or someone should read the star to them. So you have to make sure what's written there is written there. Our case where she threw it away. And then he claims it was some sort of order document. So we said it's Mugureshes. So he has no ability to change to say that it wasn't a get. What do you mean? You just said you have to read it. If you have to read it, what's the Havamina? Obviously, if they read it and they saw what it was, then he gave it. So it wasn't Gerisha. What's the Havamina? The boss of the courier, after they read it, they gave it back to him, right? Then they give it back to him, for him to give to her. The afke, what happens is, then he, you know, he's a magician. 
He could just swap it out. And we don't know, did he swap it out or did he not swap it out? And therefore, actually, Allah is Paskin Lechatchila. If you've ever never been by a, a Messiah's get, they read it before they give it, then they give it, the husband gives it to the wife, and then they read it again to make sure that there was no change happened anywhere in between. But if you don't, then the evidence is going to be okay. Who gave the Zarkal Gita to the Bissai? Throw a get to his wife. Lebeine Dani. So, the Allah is, we'll see later on. You don't have to give it to the Yad of the Isha. If you put it in her Chatzar or something like that, that works as well. It's considered hers. Okay. So, he threw it into her, 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 her Chatzar or a cellar where she had barrels. Okay. So, no one can actually see where the star landed. Then, they go to get the star out of there, you know, an hour later. And they find the document. The only document they find is the Mezuzah, which Shema Yisrael and all that on it. Okay, so was this what he threw to her? In which case, it's no get. Or is this something else that happened to be sitting here? You generally speaking do not find kosher mezuzahs, or pulse mezuzahs even, in the middle of, barrel, of a, st- a stack of barrels in a cellar. And therefore, the assumption is this was what he threw to her, and it's not a good get at all. It's nothing. That's only find one mezuzah. If you find a stack of mezuzahs, so then, Mestam, there were other mezuzahs here. Oh, so then, we really should think that what he threw her was really the get. Where is it? The gita, maybe some animal took it away, and therefore, there really was a get. It's Mashra from Rashi, that since he said, even though we have no document at all, it would be a kosher get, and she'd be actually mugureshes. Other Mepharshim say it's only a suffix. Rashi and other Rishanim say it's mavadi. So now, we had a case where you write it on something which you can't really read because it's a foreign language. We had a case of Shmuel, you write it on a blank piece of paper. It looks like blank. And now we have no document whatsoever. We can't find the shtar. We never saw it at all. And that also would be considered kosher. One more piece. Who gathered all of a Kanishta? Listen to this story. He went to Shul, Shakal Sefetari, he did Hagba, and when he took the Sefetari out for, for doing Hagba, he grabbed the Sefetari, he ran up to the Ezra Snoshim, and Yolah the Bissai, gave it to his wife, Vamala Togitcha, here's your get. What does that mean? What is he divorcing her with? Some of you say, Flamai Nechashla. Imisha Me Milan, what are you afraid of? That may be on the, on the, on the sides of the Sefetari, he had a safer right, a Me Milan get. So we can't really see it, but maybe it's really there from a distance. You can't see it, as we saw. Same type of thing. A Sefer Torah halachically has to be covered with a fitzan. That's one of the halachas of a Sefer Torah. If a Sefer Torah has to be covered with a fitzan, you can't write me milan on top of it. And therefore, it's impossible. You'd have to write with regular ink, and if we don't see it, it doesn't, for sure doesn't work. Okay, what are you worried about? Imishim Christus to Ispa, it says in a Sefer Torah, So maybe he means I'm divorcing her with those words. Says the Lord, that doesn't help. But it has to be the Shema. It has to be the Shema, it doesn't work. Now we have this in the Saita. So this guy's really planned far in advance, okay? So you hired a Sefer, paid him $50,000 to write a Sefer Torah, and he said, when you write the words of a Kosov La Sefer Christus, have in mind for my wife. Okay, so, so this, and then he's giving it to her. Tell me that's all good. Well, Be'ina, take out the word Shina. Be'ina, Shema Yushma, Shemi Rebbe, Shemi Ra, Beleka. You need, maybe Daraisa, maybe Drabonan, but for sure you need to have the name of the woman, the name of the man, where they lived, all that is an Iker part of the get. You don't have that on a Sefer Torah. And therefore, it's for sure not going to be a Kosher get. 
says my Vyasa Mike Mashmal. So why is Vyasa telling us this story? Obviously, there must be some significance. Shame Emilan Agabimilan. The only thing we would be maybe Khaishish for is that there was a secret invisible get written on here that we could really read if we look carefully. Since the Sefer is covered with this afitza and this gold juice, therefore it's impossible that it could be that way, and therefore there's nothing to be Khaishish for here at all. Okay.